It's FAQ NYC Off Cycle with a New Yorkist podcast from the newsroom by and for New Yorkers. The city steps back to take different and deeper looks into some of the things that are always happening here in the only place in the world. I'm Harry Siegel, and in this new installment of Greg Glassman's series of interviews with other musicians, Into Something, he's talking with fellow trumpeter James Zoller, whose new album is called The Ways In. Let's jump right in. James Zoller. Yes, Greg Glassman. <laughs> that was fun, man. Yeah, a lot of fun. Welcome to the uh, second episode on yeah. the uh, FAQ NYC podcast. Pleasure is all mine. You know that. We're calling it Into Something. Okay. So we're going to get into okay. something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been my friend, uh, my trumpet brethren for uh, how many years? Something like 20, 20 98, you said. Yeah. Since 98. 25 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. You you look the same in my mind. (laughs) I feel the same. (laughs) I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. I think the music keeps us young, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because young feeling, young, an imagination of. Yeah, man. Spontaneous, keeping, keeping it, keeping it youthful and spontaneous. There you go. Yeah. 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 The music will do that. Um, I don't even know the answer to this question. When, when did you move here? The summer of 1985. 85. Mm-hmm. From San Diego? Yep. Yeah. So you grew up in San Diego. I grew up in San Diego, born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1985. And uh, when you came here, what brought you here? Well, my sister had a has a dance Troop called the Urban Bush Women. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I. Have, oh, that's right. You yeah, worked yeah. with her, Jawale. Yeah, Jawale. Jawale, <laughs> and me. I forget it's his name. Taylor Mac. Taylor Mac. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, the last time I saw her, I think we were eating Thai food in Berlin. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, before the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, so she was here. Yeah, she was here, so it made it easier for me to make the transition because um, she had a really cheap apartment and she had an extra room, so it was easy for me to make the transition without paying the New York rent. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, when I first moved here, I was paying $100, $100 a month. Yeah. Working wow. at Tower Records, which is, was a job that she found for me. Wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, my, actually, yeah, I didn't, my friends found me my first apartment too when I, when we met yeah. on 127th and Lenox. Uh, I was paying 300 in uh, 1998. That's still cool. Yeah. You know, people ask you like, you know, how did you make it when you first moved here? And I'd say, well, it doesn't take too many $50 gigs to pay for rice and beans and $300 a month. <laughs> That's a perfect analogy. Same here. Yeah. Exactly same here. And where was that? 176 and 176th Street, right off the Grand Concourse. So you've lived in the Bronx the whole time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, give or take, I I, I left for a couple of years Uh before I met you. Yeah. I I lived in in, uh, Geneva, Switzerland for two years from 90 through 92. Oh, wow. But before and after that, I was always in the Bronx. Uh Uh-huh. How did... What was up with Switzerland? Um, I I met a lady over there. Yeah. Uh, I did some at Duke Ellington's extended works, uh-huh. which required a string section. So I met a, one of the violin players. We did a, um, one of Duke Ellington's works called the We Three Kings, mm. and Duke Ellington's last works were uh, symphonics, were uh, symphonic yeah. string with strings and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so anyway, I've been in the Ellington band since I was uh, since my early twenties. So I joined the Ellington band before I moved here. Oh wow! Which was nineteen eighty three. And so then, were you going on the road with them uh, from here once you moved here? Yes. Okay. So that was always part of your work life. Yeah, the okay. Ellington Mercer Ellington hired me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, and so, what were you doing when when you first moved here? What kind of who who were you hanging with? I was I was working at Tower Records at nighttime. I was playing with Jackie Byard's band, oh, wow. subbing for Craig Haynes, yeah. Graham Haynes. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're yeah. they brothers. Yeah, so yeah, they're, totally. So anyway, Graham Haynes. Uh, yeah, so I was I was playing at night at the Barry Harris Cultural Center, and uh, playing Latin gigs. Yeah. After after my gig at Tower Records, Tower ended at twelve. The Latin gig started at one a.m. Tower Records was open till midnight. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different time. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, amazing. I've heard so many things about that uh, that Barry thing. Yeah, Barry Harris Cultural Center, uh, Cultural the- Theater it was yeah. on 29th and Eighth Avenue. Or yeah, something like that. Barry Harris, of course, uh, of course, the master uh, pianist from Detroit, yes. who became a worldwide uh, pedagogical phenomenon. Yes. Um, actually, I was very close with Donald Walden. Yes. And uh, and you know, Donald told me that Barry came up with that method in a dream. Really. He said that, hmm. and Donald was probably Barry's first student when they were both teenagers, hmm. or and when Don, uh, Barry was in his twenties and Donald yeah. was a teenager. Okay, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so I I I got all that material from through Donald. Yeah, yeah. this is interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah. what is that? Uh, it's a 
method of breaking down the bebop playing of Bud Powell and Charlie Parker into scales that are practicable uh, with half-step rules. So, you know, um, you know, um, instead of, if you play a scale straight down, one, two, three, four, it leaves you hanging, right? One, two, three, four. You're left hanging. Mm-hmm. But if you put a half step in, three, four. All the chord tones end up on the strong beat. Resolves. Right? And so, I mean, he taught about a lot of stuff. This mm-hmm. is just the the uh, tip of the iceberg. But so you, there's different rules. It's basically adding half steps in so that it feels good yeah. uh, when you end. And that, that's how you start your phrase. This is the language of Charlie Parker. Basically. Right, exactly. Yeah. We, we call it bebop harmony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just a little piece of it. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. He was pretty, pretty deep, Barry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Barry Harris, wow. Uh, and so you and I met. Mm-hmm. In 1998, we mm-hmm. said, right? I, right. That's that's when I moved here for good. And I believe we met at the St. Nick's Pub, right? Definitely. I, the way I remember it was I was going there just about every night or three nights a week or something. I would go play with Gerald Hayes, the yeah. alto player, who was the brother of the famous drummer, Lewis Hayes. Yep. And uh, and I remember feeling like I really sounded like shit, and and I was walking out of the place sort of. I mean, it was it was not an uncommon feeling for me to feel go to the St. Nick's pub and feel like I played like shit. Uh, and I was walking out, and if I remember correctly, you were uh, you were sitting that there's a like a skinny. Uh, space between there were chairs on the left side and the bar on the right side. Right, exactly. It was a skinny hallway to get past <laughs> right. that. Th- mm-hmm. And and somebody grabbed my arm as I was walking out. And you look, you were you were drinking with a friend, and you you looked up at me. You say, "You like Fats and Barrow, don't you?" <laughs> and and Fats and Barrow is like my favorite trumpet player. Yeah. And uh, you you said you like Fats and Barrow, don't you? Give me your number. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, is that, something that, like that. Is, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I remember that a little bit, but I thought it was more Kenny Dorm, but uh-huh. Fats is uh, Kenny's out of Fats. Yeah, and they, yeah. they were all kind of well, came they, up together. They were def- that was definitely the music I was obsessed yeah, with. Yeah, so I knew it was a language that I was, I was very familiar with. Yeah. So that's what caught my attention. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I had I was ready to sulk out of the club, feeling like shit. And then I got this big, what was for me a big compliment from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we became friends that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what the lesson is there. You never know who's listening. Yes. That's 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 it. That's it. <laughs> but no, it, it caught my attention because I don't remember any trumpet player playing that deep a harmony there at the St. Nicholas Pub, except for you. And it got my attention wow. right away. 
Amazing. Uh, the St. Nick's Pub, we should explain a little bit. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that was a uh, uh, community-run club mm-hmm. bar yeah. um, on St. Nicholas and... So 146 or 147, seven, something yeah. like that. Yeah, like in the bottom of a limestone building. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if I remember right, a lady named Roberta. Yeah. Indeed, she might have ran a, like a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And I remember I'm I'm subbing a lot for Patience Higgins on Mondays. Yeah. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I lived not too far from there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I would go there every night, uh, almost every night for a while. And... Uh, it's interesting, you know, like in modern conversations about race, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think jazz musicians generally, like if you're actually dedicated to the music, it, uh, I don't want to say it exactly transcends the current mm-hmm. conversation. All I know is that I spent a lot of time as the only white kid in all black spaces. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, even though I got needled sometimes, like, mm-hmm. you know, like it was all in fun and mostly I was mm-hmm. just completely embraced, you know, I was serious mm-hmm. about the music and yeah. there was, there was like the last thing on my mind, you know, uh, that well, I, yeah. me too. Yeah. That's why when I heard you, it didn't matter. I didn't, you know, I just, I, I was like going by what I was hearing. I said, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah. And then, and then you were, uh, I don't know if, how much you realize this, but you were, you gave, you subbed me uh, some of my very first gigs and you gave me the first gig that I ever uh, uh, went to Europe with, with the Scatolites. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you helped me out so much with work uh, at the beginning there. Yes. Yeah. No, I remember those times. Yeah. Well, I, I needed somebody competent to you know, you know, I mean, it's good to send a great sub. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it feels. I don't know if my work life has changed mm-hmm. or the whole scope of it has changed, mm-hmm. but if it felt like if you had a gig that you needed covered on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. you like back then you might have to call tens of trumpet players. Yes, that's mm-hmm. doesn't seem. Like it's like that anymore. Yeah. Well, first of all, Saturday nights, that's always been the, the work the work nights. Back then and nowadays, it seems like some I, sometimes I don't work. There's nothing happening on Saturday yeah. nights. But, yeah. You know. It's always hard to know how much of it is the world around you that's changed and how much of it is that, like, your work life has changed or my work life has probably, changed. Probably both because you're dealing with pre-pandemic and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a whole whole other thing um yeah so the scatolites the the uh original jamaican ska band yes uh that was a trip uh you played with them uh for a hot minute yes okay now let me explain how i got the gig was through two people frank frank uh, ej eddie allen and frank frank i can't think of his last name anyway he lives in okinawa he lives in okinawa okay yeah uh uh, Frank, I'm sorry, I'm spacing out on his, on his last name, but yeah, that's how I got the gig. Tommy, Tommy, um, McCook, yeah, and Brevet, Lloyd Brevet. Lloyd Brevet was that the bass player? Yeah, yeah, with the yeah, with yeah. Anyway, yeah, but I got a chance to play with the original, original ska yeah. band. Lloyd Brevet uh, threatened me with a knife on the bus one day. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, uh, and then the, next, the day after was the first day he knew my name. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What, so what, thanks for that gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember... I remember that gig very well. So anyway, I did it. At, I did it after E.J. Allen and Frank. I can't think of. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a trip. I mean, when they were on, it was a very deep band. Yeah. No, I remember. I remember touring. And thing is, what what was so deep about that band? They didn't have no music. I remember learning the stuff by ear. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I remember right correctly. Yeah. 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 yeah that's how. It, that's how it was. Um, yeah, but. Uh, you yeah, uh, I owe a lot of my uh, career to you for oh, sure. Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, we ended up playing together a few times. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of fun with that. We did a tribute to Thad Jones. Yes. Yeah, with Carlos Carlos mm-hmm. Abadi. Yeah, great trumpet player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you were telling me. Uh, so you have a new record out. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. brand new, right? Yes. Um, and what's it called? It's called The Ways In. Right. And you were telling me uh, before we started that the title is actually has to do with um, what we were just talking about, right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. About people helping you get gigs and uh, people bringing you into the scene. The mentorship, um, the mentorship thing is really special. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and uh, it's funny. It does. It does always go alongside working right it's like um i mean i guess not always there's there's harmony study there's music study there's hipping people to records but i i've always felt that the music there's a innate quality about the music about jazz music that does have to do with working with playing it maybe it's about the repetition playing Mm -hmm. it night after night uh paint you know like uh, it's art music, but it's also mm-hmm. it's you're also paying your rent. You know, it's like yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's definitely the tradition in New York City. Yeah, yeah. Hanging is it's it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. It's uh, about hanging and paying your rent and listening to records, turning people on to obscure trumpet player. That that was my thing. You have, to, you have so many records. Oh man, I I, I was so I was so into. And me and Josh Evans had an interesting conversations the other day. We were talking about unsung heroes mm-hmm. on the on the trumpet. Well, could be any instrument, you know. But yeah, there's a lot of unsung heroes who 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 didn't get their due, who who actually turned a lot of us on to how we play, you know, and how we think and how we, you know, but they necessarily aren't household names, yeah. but they really resonate in my background and the way that I came up. What do you think about the infusion of, like, the jazz education thing? Colleges have jazz departments. Like, what do you think about all the, the impact, the overall impact on things? Well, it's a lot different than how I came up. Yeah. I think it's good, but um, when, when I was coming up, I didn't, well, first of all, I didn't go to Berkeley. I studied with Charles McPherson. I studied privately, so I didn't. I didn't really have that type of upbringing. I, st- I went to San Diego City College, then I went to uh, UCSD, studied uh, in- informally. I went to school informally. I never really got into the educational system. Yeah, and to to like learn. So 
is uh, to, to to make a long story short, I think it's good. I think it's very good, but that's not how I came up. I I, I, I came up transcribing, and uh, not necessarily going to uh, music school. I, I just I just learned on the. I'm a street guy. Well, well, I'm not gonna say I'm a street guy, but I learned to play on the street yeah. and taking lessons privately from different people. Yeah. I didn't go to university or Berkeley or Julia or anything like that. So to answer your question, yeah, I think it's a good, I think education, the, the education thing is taken over and, and I personally, I, I embrace it. Mm-hmm. I embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, uh, I think, most of the people who can really play mm-hmm. have some education on the street, whether they went to college or not. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, yeah. I, You know, I was very close with Clark Terry at towards the end of his I life. I remember. The, the, great, the great... You used to go to New Jersey mm-hmm. at his place with Gwendolyn? Yeah, Gwen, Gwen. And his wife, yeah. Gwen, yeah. Yeah, Clark Terry, the, the legendary uh, trumpet player. Sure. Uh, and he... I would go around with him to clinics sometimes, and he would he would often badmouth uh, the state of the jazz education, even though he was he was a pioneer in starting it. Sure, um, he was mostly disappointed <laughs> with, Interesting. with okay. the the quality of the teaching and the you know. Uh, um, I think I think you know you just um, it's a different time. I I think one thing I notice is that. You can get a job teaching mm-hmm. much more easily than you can get a job playing the trumpet, like playing your instrument. Yeah, right? okay. and there's something weird about that, right? Because uh, on the one hand, it's jazz is uh, um, American. It's a th- it's a you know it's maybe the most important American contribution to the arts. Yes, uh, from mm-hmm. the world over, um, and. Uh, so it makes sense yeah. to teach it at school, right? Yeah. Uh, on, on the other hand, it's living. It always lives. It always changes. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, expression. And mm-hmm. um, it's not in books. You know, you can't write down what Max Roach plays on the drums and, and make sense of it, right? You got to listen to it. Yeah, you got to listen to it. But there, are, but there are some people who are transcribing everything now. Yeah. You know, you can go on that YouTube thing wasn't happening when I was young. Sure. Now you have YouTube, you can look up anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You can look up a Max Roach solo trans- you can look up a, a Kenny Dorm transcription on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was never happening when I was coming up uh, uh back in the 70s and 80s. You had to write it out yourself, you know, and yeah. you know the record players, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and now they got the digital thing where you can slow it down. Yeah. And makes it a lot easier to transcribe. Right. Totally. Yeah. I th- I do think that playing a musical instrument, improvising with passion and speaking to the people, it'll probably be one of the last things that the computers can do, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true, because there's a certain amount of uh, uh, soul or uh, um, there's certain inflections that 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 you can't, you know, you you got to, you got to, you got to get that yourself, yeah. you know, and and also it's in you. It's not on a computer or anything. You got that that you got to, you know, you can internalize that yourself. Yeah, you know, and give it give it your 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 thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I was as you were talking, I was reminded of how uh, when we talk on the phone, 
we often talk in uh, complete gibberish language. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've I've always had my own language, my family tell you since since I was a kid, and uh, the way that I, I I look at it, that's part of the personality. The best thing you, one of the things about about what I love about this music, Lester Bowie was talk about it, serious fun, serious fun. Like like Clark Terry would be playing a blues, and all of a sudden he'd be playing very serious stuff, and all of a sudden he'd break into his mumbles. Yeah. And he just have everybody cracking up, and that's that's good for the soul, to 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 make people laugh. Yeah, Clark, you know? I I can't do the impression, but Clark, uh, I don't know. Do you have an impression? Uh, no, 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 because <laughs> that was, you know, I mean, I mean, something like that, yeah. you know. But he would do the blues, uh, uh, doing scat. Mumbles. Yeah. We'll say scat mumble. I can I'm not gonna embarrass that myself. Was, and, that was not bad. That was no, bad. No, no, no. Clark was. It was only one Clark. Your style of of uh, gibberish conversation is a little more like Thomas Gamba's Habalaba there you go. Like that. Yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. Just kind of make it up, you know, make it your own. So that didn't make the record though, did it? Uh, that, no, 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 it didn't. It didn't. But, uh, I would love to incorporate that one day. Yeah. Yeah. But on my, on the video, you're, you're, you're going to be involved in that. We're okay. going to do that on video. Can't Watch. Stop, exactly. We're going to do all that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're uh, going to have captions underneath to see what, to say what it really <laughs> auto, means. Automatically generated captions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we go, you want to play a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight.
<laughs> yeah. James fun. Zeller. My man, Greg Glassman. Man, Love so you. great. Love you too, man. You know you've always been very special to me. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, feel the feeling is beyond mutual. Yeah. And um, I can't wait to check out this new record of yours. Yeah, man. This is dedicated to our people. Marcus Belgrave. I give him lots of credit, which I played with his son a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Chad Lincoln, he was here. Kassan Belgrave. Yeah, Kassan. Yeah, alto saxophone player. Yeah. Well, thank you for making the time, man. My pleasure, Greg. Yeah. All right. Let's go and get some grub, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a, it's a treat to uh, hear you guys play and just go back and forth with each other. Yeah. No, but, but you know, this is serious for me. I mean, when he calls, you see the stuff. <laughs> oh, man, when we worked on that Dad Jones uh, project, it was serious, man. That was serious. Looking back on it, yeah. that was some serious stuff we were doing. Yeah. I think we did a couple of things at Smalls together. Uh huh. Couple of projects. Yeah. 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 I can't. Oh, the um, what's his Louis, Louis Smith. Smith? Yeah, that's right. We did Louis Smith and Dad Jones together. Yeah. yeah so w when he's involved, it's whoo, wow, this guy's serious. I don't. I, I I try to have some stuff together. I try to be ready for him This has been the second installment of Into Something a series by FAQ NYC in cooperation with trumpeter and host Greg Glassman. FAQ NYC is a part of The City, a nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom dedicated to hard-hitting reporting that serves the people of New York. Our work is freely available to everyone at thecity.nyc and is supported by listeners and readers like you. Go to thecity.nyc slash give if you'd like to pitch in. We are an affiliate of NYU's McSilver Institute for Poverty, Policy, and Research, and a proud member of the Brickhouse Cooperative of Independent Journalists, Critics, and Artists. Find it all at Popula.com. Harry Siegel is our executive producer, and I'm our engineer, Adam Kimera. A special thank you to our guest, trumpeter James Zoller. And thank you, listener, for joining us and making it this far. Be kind, be cool, and we'll be back soon with more. <laughs>